Tonight on Pot Psychology. No, that's not it. No. Tonight on Pot Psychology, <laughs> sexy versus hot. No, I'm not suing Rich. We're talking about words here. <laughs> Tracy's parallel parking is unparalleled and her neighbors are taking notice. That's good. Rich Rick Dick Dick. <laughs> Rich gives tips on how to interact with the homeless, but that doesn't mean you have to listen to them. <laughs> Margaret Sanger, did she have the right idea or the white idea? <laughs> All this and more on Pot Psychology with your hosts, Rich and Tracy. Good. That was, that was radio. Yeah, that was good. Let's go, boys. Oh, wait, no. Is it let's go, girls, or let's go, boys? You know, Shania Twain? Yeah, but I don't know the exact lyrics of that song. I, mean, um, I never paid very much attention to her, unless I had to. I always thought she was hot. thought she was but hot? But not sexy. Uh, is that, how is that a thing? She has, like, a good body and stuff, but she doesn't have, like, a charisma that it's like, I want to fuck you. You know I, what I mean? I don't think you can be hot if you're, if you're not fuckable. Mm, I feel like, to me, hot is, like body uh -huh. it's I not see, necessarily face mean. right but still sexy is like a whole package or not actually you don't even have to be good looking to be sexy that's a different thing i exclusively use hot as something that i find sexually exciting or capable of sexually exciting mm. no i guess can you think of someone that's sexy that's not hot no oh that's what i'm saying okay they're virtually synonymous to me with hot being a little bit more edgy. I thought that um, was sexy and not hot. Okay. You know? Uh-huh. So especially before he got his teeth done. Uh-huh. So do you think it's possible for someone to be hot and not have a good body? Um, it's, yeah, it depends on how you define good. All right. If someone like had a pot belly, did you think that, that they were hot? I mean, potentially. And certainly they're hot to some people. Yeah, but to you. Yeah. Could be. Then when do you but use sexy? Um, sexy is a little bit more put together to me, kind of like measured mm. in a way. It's not as raw and animal. Oh, see, I feel like it is more raw. It's, I mean, I think that for these, there has to be no set definition. They have to be, like basically differ from person to person, right? Oh, it's weird because it's like I'm telling you that something's purple and your purple is blue. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's perception for you, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, I got another note. Okay. And on my car. Okay. <laughs> so you want to hear it? Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this. The night before I had parked right in front of my house. There's a spot right in front of my house. And it just so happened to be that the spot was the exact same size as my car. Mm -hmm. so but i got it in there okay you know right. i'm an incredible parallel parker mm -hmm. i got it in there but it was like kissing both sides like it was just so close mm -hmm. and so in the morning i came out and this was on my hood are you joking with the amount of room you left between cars please be a bit more aware of your surroundings okay it, i thought that this one was a lot more polite than the guy that was that was like i'm going to the police right <laughs> <laughs> but 
it, I know that it's a person that knows that it's me. Yeah. But I don't know who wrote it. Right. So it's weird talking to other people because I'm like, did you? Was well, it you? It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you that. I don't know. I mean, like, I never quite got that in New York where it's just like everybody mm-hmm. fights for every millimeter of space they can get. And sometimes people do that. I mean, I just don't, that doesn't even make sense in a bumper to bumper city when people are like, you parked too close to me. It's like, yeah, people literally live on top of each other. I mean, every day you park too close to somebody. We yeah. park too close to each other in New York. Yeah. And so what they're complaining about is like this matter of degree that doesn't. Well, well, guess it what? It just doesn't track for me. If they didn't have enough room behind them, that means they, the they didn't person. leave. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Or, or the, the other, other person. person. <laughs> yes. There's like so many factors you know? here. Yeah. If you find a spot that you can fit in, that's your spot. And how much, in, room, how much room you leave is so secondary to the equation. And anybody with any sense understands that. Like, like what are you going to do? Not park there? It's literally right in front of my house. Like, come on, you know it's it's the street. It's the, it's the fucking street, street in Williamsburg. Yeah. You you find parking and you park. That's it. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Um, I met this guy named Rich, and for some <gasps> reason, I never. Well, it's rare that I do. Okay. And I have never thought to ask another Rich like, "Are you being called Rick all the time?" Because this is like the bane of my existence. <laughs> So I said to him, I was like, uh, I was like, people are always calling me Rick. Does that happen to you? And he was like, no. <laughs> and I was so like, you just look like a Rick. I guess so. And then hmm. he t- I, I, which I actually really resent. Like, that's I just actually don't think you do. I feel like a Rick. It's it's not always- sharper has sharper um, features. You know what I mean? Like a, like a pointy nose. It's like also. Well, because the so then he told me a story. He said that his. One of his grand- oh, rich rich tells me a story on that tip. No, he's not called Rick all the time. But conversely, he was Dicky as a <laughs> child because his grandfather was named Dick. And he was like, and that was fine until I got around like other young boys. And then I could not be called Dicky. So he transitions out of Dicky and into rich. Meanwhile, the popular kid at his high school, whose name was like, let's say Paul or something, went by Dickie and totally pulled it off. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I loved it too. (laughs) Bravo. I mean, I loved it so much I retained it. Have you ever uh, met a Dickie? I don't think so. I did once, at least once. I could see being able to pull that off. It sounds like a neighborhood kid. Yeah, it's some kind of around the way vibe or something. Also that night... I saw the Batman. What's that? The new Batman movie. Who's in it? Who's the Batman? Robert Pattinson. Oh, has he been it before? No. Okay. This is a new... A whole new thing. Okay. Zoe Kravitz is Catwoman, Selena Kyle. It's kind of like a genre movie. Like Riddler is a serial killer, a kind of Jigsaw-esque serial killer. I really killer. liked... Wait, oh, Riddler? You actually... I know. Well, you, we haven't done Batman Corner in a while. You well, used to talk about Batman a lot more. Well, here we go. <laughs> I mean, we're here. Also, it's not like I won't go into it because it's so old by now, but I like the movie and it's very much like a genre movie. Like my favorite part. What of it, genre? Like kind of like action thriller. It's got like an 80s dystopic feel to it. Okay. Uh, Gotham is just, you know, crime ridden, obviously, and it's just impossible to kind of walk anywhere and not be stuck up, it feels like. And if, you know, it's kind of like Silence of the Lambsy. 
like a little okay. bit, you know, it's a, it's procedural and Riddler is a legit serial killer who's kind of like saw whatever. Oh, I like that idea. Yeah, I liked it Wait, too. Who's it, directing this? Uh, Matt Reeves, who did, that? Uh, he did the last two Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, I haven't seen those. They're fine. I, they're fine with me. It's also the most Batman as Batman, I would say, has ever been on screen in a Batman movie because hmm. it's usually about Bruce Wayne and this is not at all. Okay. But as I was watching it, I was thinking that like. This is just mostly about Riddler. It's mostly about Batman. It's He's like in oh. Batman. Oh, but you he's don't see as, Bruce Wayne. You don't see Bruce Wayne. It's like barely a thing. And that's usually the focal point of those movies. And Batman kind of shows up every once in a while, uh -huh. you know? And obviously like the first 1989 one, Joker was such a, you know, Jack Nicholson had Todd Billing. It was really like the Joker's movie. Yeah. This is like Batman proper. So weird to think that Michael Keaton was Batman. I know, but he was pretty good. He was so good. Yeah, it was It was a weird, it was I weird actually time. love him. Me too. I actually watched press from back in the day. There's actually this amazing talk show of this, this weenie critic, this like a little, <laughs> little 11 year old critic who's like whining about Batman Returns and how scary it is. It's, oh my God, yeah, give me a break. I know, I was watching, I watched the whole thing to procrastinate. But as I was sitting there, I was like, I can't believe that I gravitated to Batman at a very young age only to find out, like house music, it has a kind of whole like gay, gay thing. thing. Next yeah, to Batman it. and, and I, Robin. I, like from out of the all TV the superheroes, <laughs> I was like Batman. <laughs> Just like I was like, I really like He Man for some reason. This well, like you know muscle yeah. bulging Titan. But I did. I feel like I did watch He Man because they would come on back to back. Yeah, but I definitely yeah. like Shira more. Right, of course. Like, well, she Man was more. I mean, She Man. <laughs> Shira was more colorful and um, it was like crystals and shiny. And there was, you know, that owl that had wings that went were like from head to toe. Remember that? Remember that? <laughs> no. her, it was like her orco. It was her kind of creature sidekick. Who's? Shira's. She had that oh, owl. Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. What did you think I was talking about? I thought you were talking about Catwoman again. No. <laughs> I <laughs> did not forgot what we were talking about. So then later that night, I have an altercation, altercation run-in with a homeless person. <gasps> yeah, it was really, it was, it, it, honestly, it was kind of like a 3D, 4D experience where it's okay. like we are in Gotham, actually. Oh, wow. What happened? I, we were getting off the G train. I was with two of my friends. We had seen the movie together and then... We're going to go play like video games or listen to Wait, music at their what, apartment. What stop? Oh, so I thought you were going to go to a bar. No, 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 no. It was. Uh, so what neighborhood were you in? Uh, it was. We're at Bedford No Strand. So um, bed -Stuy. Bed -Stuy. And as we're like, just as we're getting to the exit, to the final stairs that we take to get out, this guy walks through the three of us. I'm basically like kind of like the, they're on the sides and I'm, a point behind I'm like the top of the triangle or the bottom of the triangle but I'm the point at the mm -hmm. on the triangle and um <laughs> he like splits he walks through them and then you know throws this bag at me and what was glass clatters and oh. I've heard about this scam before where it's like some homeless person oh, you um you like broke my beer yeah you broke exactly my whatever yeah whatever he didn't even have like it the the premise of the story didn't even make sense because he was like, you just that's a forty five dollar bottle and it's like what kind of bottle is he it? He said that. Yeah, it was like yeah, and it's sometimes and, they yeah this is an exact scam and it's wrapped in um plastic bag that obviously hasn't been used forever because it's taped and <laughs> old. It's like you know how like garbage garbage bag material just breaks down kind of and yeah ages. of course yeah it's not a fresh garbage bag you know uh, yeah yeah and so he's like um 
no, you know, you just, you just did that. You have to, you have to pay me money now. And I was like, whatever. Hmm. Um, what did you say? Did you say, where did you get the bottle of wine that actually, cost $45 in that kind of bag? Actually, what I said was, um, you didn't stay to the right. That's what you need to do to make sure people don't run into your shit. And um, he was like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to curb your enthusiasm my way through this one, Ben. <laughs> and so he's kind of between he like he kind of he kind of like pulls back and is talking to us and positions himself then in front of the stairs. So I, you know, I just try to push past him and he resists. And it's at that point where oh. it's like I had the wherewithal to think. If like I put my hands on him and it becomes a fight, the best case scenario of that is I just beat up a homeless guy, which I do not want Absolutely. on my conscience <laughs> at all. So reevaluated <laughs> as I'm kind of processing this, my friend is reaching into his wallet to, to give him Do money, money? Oh. which obviously now changed things. And when the guy takes the money, he looks at me and he's like, so are you going to let your friend give me money <gasps> and you're not going to give me money? Oh. But but actually, at that moment, I looked him in the eyes. And when he said that, I was like, I have a 20 in my pocket. And I, I said it. I said, you need this money. Like, I was like, now I get you. You need this money. I was so pissed off you with the fucking him in, with kindness. You gave him $20 after that. I gave, and I could have given him five, too, because because my friend gave him a five. But I was like, no, no, like, actually, like. I think that this would improve your quality of life in a way that it just does not affect mine. And in this moment, this moment, like our lives brought us in this moment and you, you actually could use that money more than I could. Mm. And so, you know, I just saw it, you know, I just felt like you're I understood the context of behavior. I know gonna, he's like, oh, this works. It's and then great, he keeps doing it. It's a great argument. I don't think that it often works, whatever. And it, there was the, there was the idea of the fact that like, it could be violent. Who knows? Like, what he has on him, how well he is at fighting. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm just not going to push it to the point of violence, whatever. I, I don't know. It just really seemed really clear to me what the situation was. And then, so I give it to him. And then he starts grumbling about that taking so long and blah, 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 blah. <gasps> See, I, I, I know. And I was like, you're welcome. <laughs> you should have taken it back. It was no, it was it was really fine because actually that night I had already given somebody who was singing on the train in this like really kind of like craggy but very soulful voice and i just felt it so i was like i'll give you some money i i actually do try to just do that mm. you know when people ask me for money sometimes i give it to them i really do and i'll you know give them a five you know so that was kind of like my charitable donation yeah i know that like the thing is that i can do so little myself anyway that if like that makes that guy's night endurable I'm okay with that. You know, it sucks that we are where we are and he is where he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but, but I'm wrestling with this for days after like, God, did I cop out? I should have like figured out a more clever way to navigate that or it's whatever. It's better than you beating up a homeless guy. It's better than me beating up a homeless guy. But I and still, I'm, I don't love it. I was like, you know, it's obviously nothing close to reparations, but I do feel like in those moments, like... If it'll make a difference, like, yeah, you can have that money. You know what I mean? Oh, why he was black? Yeah, he was black okay. and homeless. You know, he's like, he doesn't want to be doing this. It's like he's picked a really aggressive way. 
And then my friend was like, yeah, all he had to do was actually ask us for reparations. And like, that would have been like, that's such a, I, oh my God. <laughs> so it's, well, I was like, we should return and be like, so we have some notes. We should go, <laughs> we should like Nathan for you it. <laughs> Like, go up and be like, hey, we know, we have a plan, but we can increase your profits. <laughs> I mean, I bet it would. You know when guys take, like, a Honda and then they, like, soup it up? Yeah. Like the, and they make it, why do they make them so loud? It's one of those cars that's like, yeah. and you, it, it, can, it vibrates through the city. You yeah. know that? Like, and it right. bounces off the buildings and stuff. Right. It's like, if I could possibly transform my desired penis size into a sound <laughs> right my yeah he's short dick too. could he's roar he, if my dick could roar there is a song <laughs> it's not it's your answer to i am woman hear me roar <laughs> i i imagine a country ballad though yeah if, well if my dick could roar it would tell you um Slight Debbie Gibson update. Okay. I Just because, I mean, I, you know, it cannot be overstated that she's Valerie Cherish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look at this. This is so incredible. Guys, Us Weekly, one of my faves. And... Okay, I, I want to guess what it is before. She's in that issue, but she's not on the cover. Well, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so she's holding up a cover of Us Weekly in front of her face and it's like, what's wrong with Jen? About Jennifer Aniston? Yes. And you can tell like Debbie's eyes are smiling. Yes. You can't see her. <laughs> what's her wrong with smiling. Jen? Who cares? <laughs> it, I mean, I don't know if it's a million dollar idea, but it's a hundred thousand dollar idea okay. to to put to just give her the comeback. Just give make a show called The Comeback and put her on it and she'll be the comeback. <laughs> yeah because the page is like oh yeah okay so it says a day in my life it's like a little kind of like listicle kind of as told to i'm assuming where she goes through her day and there's lots of pictures and it's a one page spread you know it's like one of those very like info she has the whole page but it's like all the way in the back of the magazine but not the back page which actually has a little bit of prestige right there's i would say that there's about 500 or 600 words on this page if that it says a day in my life what did she do did you get the the issue no oh, it might be online <laughs> it could be let's find out what she did let's see okay i'll read it to you by romance it's by miranda seawalk staying musical legendary performer debbie gibson makes sure to keep her talent fresh each and every day and she exclusively invited us weekly to tag along for a typical day in her life i'm just playing and singing for fun right now it's always a great stress reliever. The every breath you take, every breath you take, songstress, every breath you take. Oh, um, yes. That was the last single that she did that she was like promoting back in like August. Oh, really? I thought I it was one step it. closer. Oh, she covered it. Okay. Right. She did a whole album after that, but I guess she at some point had covered it. I missed that, but. Uh, told us before gushing about her connection to her devoted fans. My diehards call themselves Debheads. And I love that actual You're a Deb head. <laughs> Deb head. I love that actual vinyl has made a comeback. Okay, so that's just the intro. Okay, 7 a.m. I woke up early with an idea for a movie treatment. <laughs> so got right into it. She told us, I love to write, create, and I'm a morning person. 
8.30, it's coffee and croissant date with my OG pup star, Joey. She gushed about her breakfast plans. 11 a.m., my colorist, Michael Boychuk, came to my house to blonde me up. She explained. I'm That's ca- nice of her. She's like wanting to put his name in us. Oh, his, his picture's there, too. It's her Mickey. <laughs> it's totally her Mickey. <laughs> he even has the sunglasses on top of his head. <laughs> Wow. They have fun. Does he have like a thing on his neck? Like, does he have like a long, like a lanyard or something? He does seem to have a lanyard. Or, or <laughs> like it could just be a kind of cord or, or, yeah, or like maybe a piece of turquoise <laughs> on like a leather cord. <laughs> but that's nice of her because she is putting his name in Us Weekly and, you know, giving him press. She explains that he came over because I'm chemically sensitive due to Lyme disease. Oh, God. So sitting in a salon can be hard on my body. 2 p.m. Gibson signed copies of her albums for fans. 3.30 p.m. The New York native can't help but spend some time on her piano each day to come up with new tunes. 5 p.m. She concluded her day by taking her pups on a walk outside in the warm spring weather. She was in bed by 5.15. I'm kidding. But like, why does the day just end at 5 p.m.? I guess because she was like, you can be here this long. Yeah, she's like, I work from 9 to 5. (laughs) Yes. Can I tell you, can I, there's one thing I want to talk to you about. Are yeah. you done talking about Debbie? Yes. Okay. Um. So Julia Fox is still, you know. At got, it. What is she doing? She's talking, laws. huh? Yeah. She's, She's talking doing all the a time. She, 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 she always has a comment for the press. She always is like pitching them a new story. Right. There is, a new um, angle. What is your opinion on her at this point? Are you sick of her? Um. Sick of her shit? Yeah, but I am interested in watching it. Okay. Keep going. All right. All right. Do you think mostly positive or mostly negative of her? You know, I think really neutral. Okay. About sure. her. Yeah. That's, um, that seems like really fair. But I want to show you this picture of her. It's um, an outfit that she made. I think she's running out of like all the clothes that Kanye gave her. So she's now she's kind of still dressing like it, but it's weird. All right. So she said tutorial on how I made these pants coming soon LMAO I also made this top but I didn't record it because I truly didn't think it was going to work also never taking these boots off Alexander Wang okay so what she did here is that she cut the top of her jeans off and then she put them on her tits oh well that's (laughs) one way to do it I mean that's what she did wow and she's making the pants tutorial I don't think it was like a joke I don't know. Is it's, this if, gonna be, could this become a thing? No. Remember when Mariah Carey tried to make that a thing of people cutting the tops of their jeans off? But not putting them on their tits. No, this no. Is that to but another Mariah level. Couldn't even make, Mariah couldn't even make that happen. She, she talks about it as though she did make I it happen. I know. Okay. It may have been like, That's it may so have been funny. a fad for like literally like two months yeah, yeah. At, the, at the most, I like in like the it, summer. I felt like, yeah, I, feel like, I like, thought that it was kind of a thing. But like not everyone did it. Right. It wasn't like skinny jeans i had yes exactly and i have really no sense i mean i could so barely i never that, did it i felt I, like i did see somebody else doing that but to what extent i couldn't tell it, you. it may have been that, like christina aguilera <laughs> yeah, <that's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> um i think that's hilarious I, so, <laughs> I think it's really out of control yeah i don't know her but a few people that i'm cool with are cool with her so i am reserving judgment i think that it's like yeah, I can't. I, I'm not even reserving judgment. I just can't seem to muster one. I think she's just doing a thing and she's hot and more charismatic than a lot of people who are trying to do that. I really liked 
I thought she was great in Uncut Gems. That Me was like too. her first thing. Yeah, yeah. But have you heard her talk and in interviews and stuff? Like I've I've paid a little bit of attention Not... to this whole cycle and it hasn't been too flattering, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know? But um I don't think she was ready for prime time. Maybe. Yeah, that maybe that was part of it. I don't know, but I also just don't I have like zero contempt and like do your thing. I forget how this like I like I was led down this road. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I wanted to see, Oh, for some reason I was like looking up, um, the Lehman brothers and I wanted to know like, Oh, are they really brothers? And like, what's that family like? And do they have all this money? Right. And then they do. And so the lobes are, uh, descended from them. And, you know, you may remember that we had, um, lobe in like, uh, different, building names and stuff at oh, yeah, NYU. Yeah. yeah, Loeb. Wasn't that the like student center? Yeah, the student center. Uh-huh. This so then I when I was looking I saw it said this guy Nick Loeb. It had like a hyperlink on it. And I was like, "Oh, so he must be someone." So I clicked on it. He's this 46-year-old guy. Mm-hmm. He was married to Sofia Vergara. Oh no, I'm sorry. He was engaged to Sofia Vergara. Okay. And right. then he like sued her for their embryos. Uh-huh. Because they had made embryos together and she didn't want to use them. Uh-huh. So anyway, he directed a movie and i was like oh okay well let me see what he directed mm-hmm. he directed roe versus wade the film okay which came out in 2020 and i was like how the hell did i not know that this came out was it covid like how did i not know right probably because it's like very christian right listen to this cast so it's a political legal drama starring stacy dash okay <laughs> so there you go john voight uh-huh yes and then here's where it gets a little bit weird um jamie kennedy is he super Christian? Yeah, I wasn't aware, but... Maybe he just needed the work. Could be that he needed the work. Joey Lawrence. Joey Lawrence. That's... Were they... Were the Lawrences super Christian? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. There was like a ton of drama about it getting made. Guess who executive produced this? Who? Alveda King, Martin Luther King Jr.'s oh, niece. Yeah, not daughter. Right. Niece. She's very conservative, mm-hmm. right? I think she's anti-gay. There's somebody associated with the the King family and it's not the mainstream Kings, but there's like a, I think it might be her. They were having a hard time getting it distributed because Mm -hmm. people had like known about the project and it had all these problems and there was a bunch of historical inaccuracies, Mm -hmm. but promoted it as fact. Mm -hmm. So it says, for example, an early draft portrayed Margaret Singer, who was the founder of Planned Parenthood, Mm -hmm. as a Ku Klux Klan sympathizer who disparaged black people before 15 robed women with a during a burning cross wait say that say that what that's what the movie's about this is an an early uh draft of the script portrayed margaret Sang- margaret sanger the founder of planned parenthood right. as a ku klux klan sympathizer oh right yes who yes people disparaged say that. black people yes before 15 robed women during a cross burning a claim which sanger biographer jean h baker declared false right of course Well, Sanger was like racist and she did talk about population control, I think. Didn't she? Didn't she like speak in terms of like controlling the black population? She said she said some like kind of fucked up shit, I think, that was incontrovertibly racist. I'm pretty sure. But like, I'm I'm so sure. I think that that's how she's portrayed by conservative media. Yeah. So Sanger worked with African-American leaders and professionals who saw a need for birth control in their communities. Mm -hmm. In 1929, James H. Huber, a black social worker and the leader of New York's Urban League, asked Sanger to open a clinic in Harlem. 
Yeah, I guess it's just the more the eugenics thing, which her but, Wikipedia has a very, very extensive. Oh, about eugenics? Well, she said by those least able to afford them. I feel like that. I feel like, yeah, you shouldn't have kids if you can't afford them. Honestly. Well, I mean, that's and it make it keeps you in poverty, but it keeps you in poverty. So it's like, yeah, but I feel like opinion is a lot of good. That opinion's done, you know. Well, I don't know. I feel like. Well, that's like the prevailing conservative kind of way of thinking, right? What I I think if you can't afford to have kids, don't have them. But (laughs) so abort them. Many people disagree. (laughs) Well, I think conservatives disagree conservatives disagree with that statement i don't think so i think that's a pretty conservative statement no point. they would no i'm advocating for abortion yes they're not they're, they don't want I mean, they're, they're anti-abortion they're anti-choice uh yeah, y- yes you're right uh but um it is a far but eugenics is like a far right kind of thing and i think any kind of like i mean if you believe in reproductive freedom you can't possibly believe that's like legit right you know what I mean? Isn't that just reproductive freedom? Like if you want to have a baby, you can have a baby regardless of your situation. She d- didn't consider herself a eugenic, it says. Yeah, but other people did. Yeah. After World War One, Sanger increasingly appealed to the societal need to limit births by those least able to afford children. But I mean, if you believe in reproductive freedom, how could you believe? How does that square with the belief in reproductive freedom? No, I, I think it's like. Because that, that keeps you in poverty and she's advocating for women to be able to control their choices. And if they can't afford the kid, then they should be allowed to abort them. I think it was just like be an allowed, angle. Be allowed. So that's sure. She, I think that she, that was an angle. I no, think that it was a, an angle for her. Societal need to limit births by the least able to afford children. Societal need. Sounds like enforced. But like she what? Didn't she wasn't saying that they had to that they she wanted them to have the right to the affluent and educated already limited their childbearing while the poor and uneducated lack access to contraception and information about birth control. Here she found an area of overlap with eugenicists. She believed they both sought to, quote, assist the race toward the elimination of the unfit. Yeah, that's that sounds like eugenics to me. You know, that's like Nazi shit. I mean, did she say that they had to? It just sounds like this is like part of her belief and that that's that's part of her agenda. Uh, uh, but I think I feel like that right wing people like cling on to that like boogeyman thing about her oh well they do it to discredit Planned Parenthood which is fucking bullshit absolutely but I think that like ultimately what she created was choice for women and she advocated for choice at least it didn't seem like she was advocating for like laws to be made I'm pro Planned Parenthood yeah in the mortality of birth control a 1921 speech She divided society into three groups, the educated and informed class that regulated the size of their families, the intelligent and responsible who desired to control their families in spite of lacking the means or the knowledge, and the irresponsible and reckless people whose religious scruples prevent their exercising control over their numbers. Sanger concludes, there is no doubt in the minds of all thinking people that the procreation of this group should be stopped. Okay. But here's, hear me out. Yeah. It's against religious people. <laughs> Idiocracy. <laughs> right. I, I just feel like I don't know how you would practically put that into work. How do you file the irresponsible and reckless people 
to whom you will force abortions on. Like, how do you even do that? I feel like it's not forced abortion. And I feel like it, I think she's mm. advocating for birth control mm-hmm. in a way that was like, actually, yeah. But, 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 but what I'm saying is how do you, like, how do you enforce I, it? I don't know. How do you enforce it? How do you determine that group? I mean, irresponsible and reckless. Sure. Maybe from the outside white lady, but like the actual life is so much more complicated than that. You say I'm irresponsible and reckless. I say I have nothing except a child. That's the one thing I'm allowed to have on this earth. That's mine, you know? So there's, there's all kinds of points of view. And I don't know. I just feel like if I believe women can do what they want with their bodies and, and that is my concern, then like, if you want to have a baby, you can have a baby. Believe me, I'm not having kids. I wish you wouldn't. I (laughs) I do wish you wouldn't. I wish (laughs) most people wouldn't have kids. Most of them like, but what can I do? You know? And I just, it's just choose a different life, you know? She spoke out at the time against the Nazi eugenics program. Okay. All right. She and she donated to the American Council against Nazi propaganda. That's interesting. A hundred percent to your point. She's vilified by the right. Yes. Also doesn't care about black people, by the way, by and large. Like they're talking out of both sides of their mouth when they're lambasting her for her racism. Oh, this is where they get the Klansman thing. She was supported by one yeah. of the most racist authors in America in the 1920s, the Klansman Lothrop Stoddard, who was founding member of the board of directors of Sanger's American Birth Control League. I mean, th- but that to me sounds like it could have been a situation where he wedged himself in yes. and found himself aligned and that he could exploit that cause for his totally. racist things. Then again, she let him in. So she, but like to me, it doesn't sound like she's saying they shouldn't make black people. It sounds like she's doesn't seem like she's commented on black people. Um, straight, like straight proper. Seems, seems like, like she worked general, with them. Seems like in general, she was talking about a lower class that, she, that needed to be managed. But don't you think about idiocracy? That's how we, that's how we would get I mean, to it. That don't you think that's how we've gotten here? Uh, I mean, like, I, I think that a lot, has, a lot has happened and certainly there are concerns about like, you know, people in the middle of the country, <laughs> you know, yeah, and that population growing, et cetera. I mean, definitely. But like, I don't know. I just think on an individual basis, like I have no right to tell anyone what to do with their body. That yeah. They do, I don't know if she know? was telling people what to do with their bodies, but she was definitely kind of promoting like, yes, right. birth control, which the right is like, see, she was trying to keep you know, black people from having kids. But, but she's using very harsh language. I mean, we went through it already. Yes, you know. but I, but still, I, she doesn't say that, like, it's black people that she wants to stop. But also, I think that, like, like when... A lower class that would probably include a lot of black people, but it could also include a lot of all kinds of people. I just, it, I think that is why a lot of people are in poverty is because they have too many children and they can't afford it. Like, you can't get out from under it because a lot of times it's like people have an kids starting when they're like 16, you know? Well, you know, sure that I understand that that happens. But again, I think that like, you can't get out out from behind the eight ball. So birth control would really help. And then they'd be able to have like better lives. But people do have access to birth control. Some people choose to have children that young, you know, some people because they don't have anything, you know? I mean, I understand what you're saying from a practical perspective. Obviously, again, I don't have children. (laughs) I don't want to pay for children, you know? Okay, this uh, this sounds... I've thought of things like this before. 
Initially, she advocated that the responsibility for birth control should remain with the able-minded individual parents rather than the state. Later, she proposed that permits for parenthood shall be issued upon application by city, county, or state authorities to married couples. Well, that sounds like Judge Duty. But added that, I kind of believe that too. Well, there is a certain logic to say, like, you need to basically do more a for a driver's uh, license than a child. Absolutely. You, know? like you, should be able, you should have a permit for parenting and, like, a permit for a gun. And, you know, it's yeah. like the fact that anyone can just have... a this giant responsibility but again like what are you going to do i mean it's people's bodies it's people's ability to make that decision that's a choice i i I hear you i just don't know what there is to do about it you know i don't know okay it says certainly education but this is what she says and i think that that this is this is kind of a good kind of twist on that yeah law she added that the requirement should be implemented by state advocates advocacy and reward for complying not enforced by punishing anyone for violating it right okay okay so you get like a i mean look essentially if she is basically if what it comes down to is she's saying people should have more access to this stuff and, yeah. and knowledge that it exists and parent planned parenthood actually did that she's talking like a coarse lady sometimes from the 20s certainly yeah i understand that it sounds that some of the rhetoric sounds a lot like eugenics as well but also, I they, think that... Because they try to say that people now are... Like, th- there's whole, like, campaigns... Oh, yeah. No, I know there's a like, whole misinformation yeah. thing just based on these notions that I'm sure the people who claim it really don't actually even know the reality. They probably haven't even read that little block. Wikipedia thing. Yeah. We can end this. Okay. Um, I have a, an update on my finger. Okay. Remember? Yeah, I, I do. the finger have, story. Yeah, the finger story. And... How's it feeling? Well, listen... This, that was on the um okay. I was on the bonus. Right. So um, right now, if you want an update on the finger story or to hear the finger story at all, you can go to patreon.com slash pot psychology and you can subscribe to oh, you can subscribe to our bonus episodes and to while we will uh, we'll get to that in a second. But I wanted to point out that I ran into a Patreon subscriber okay. at Bernie's okay. the restaurant. Yeah. So I want to say, say hi, shout out Katie. What's Katie say? She was like, she's, I don't want to like tell you. It was okay. flattering. Okay. You know, Good. I don't want to, any, any, right. I don't want to brag. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe you could tell me in private. I will. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you could tell me on the bonus. <laughs> um, so patreon.com slash pot psychology. You can listen to Wawu. We're talking about uh, second wave women's movies now. Um, that's Bye. it. Oh, leave a rating and review. Yeah. Leave a rating and review. We never ask. We rarely ask. Just tap it. Yeah, I have to. Bye-bye.